Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We welcome you into the Handicast for Wednesday, September the 21st. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Let's get right to it. Our friend Ross Dellinger has come up with some pretty interesting information and, you know, with all things Delhi, he's going to be uh, on all sides of this thing. This one revolves around a trip around the recruiting calendar. The proposed new calendar, which Dellinger says is running through all of the AD's offices at the 10 FBS conferences and Notre Dame, would do a lot of things. Let's go through them in order. Number one, it would make week zero completely permissible. Right now, you got to jump through a few hoops to play in week zero. If you listen to podcasts, you know I'm a big proponent of week zero. Um, got actually a little bit of word from LSU today talking with Virgil Osberry that they're not as big a fans of week zero, though they would not rule out doing it in the future. Uh, they like the idea of opening with a game of the magnitude of a Florida State or a UCLA. Uh, Brian Kelly also has voiced, according to Verge, the idea that they like to have their players have a little bit more time away from campus. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, just thought I would pass that information along. Anyway, uh, the, the Week Zero thing involves a Hawaii or an opponent of Hawaii, an FBS versus FCS. Uh, the, um, uh, the teams in North Carolina got, uh, in, in CUSA, got a waiver this year because there was a realignment in the conference. The point is you got to jump through a few hoops they would make that fully permissive. So the season gets another full week, and we can finally quit calling it week zero and start calling it week one. There were 11 games this year. I would suggest if they made it fully permissive, that number could as much uh, as triple. So making week zero is the first thing. So you're going to make the season longer on the front end. The other part of the calendar in regards to the schedule would move the bowl games up a week, move them into the Army-Navy week. That would allow for more time before Christmas for all the bowl games that want to get their games in to get them in. It would also clear up some room for the 12-team playoff with the ability to steer around some of the NFL games that you're going to have uh, at that time potentially on some Saturdays. So you would move the season up a week and you'd move the bowl season up a week uh, for the average joe football fan this means more football and i think everybody is fine with that how the teams would go about scheduling this stuff once they go to in the southeastern conference we believe a nine game schedule with another power five such as it is team on the schedule how they would uh, how they would take this the rest of the changes are in the recruiting calendar. So the first thing they want to do is they want there to be a dead period in front of the fall transfer portal window. Let me give it to you in English. They want to give the coaches 48 hours after their season ends to talk to their players before they enter the transfer portal. 
if this passes, these will immediately become the two most important recruiting days of the year, at least for the power schools. Actually, I think for everybody, but especially the power schools, because this is when you have to re-recruit your guys. You're going to get one last shot at it. I say it's more for the bigger schools because the smaller schools, if you're a, a group of five and you know you can go to a power five, that 48-hour period is not probably going to do a whole lot. If you're an offensive lineman like Miles Frazier last year at Florida International and you got multiple D1 Power 5 schools knocking down your door to transfer there, then you're probably not going to stay at Florida International no matter what. But if you're a lineman at, say, uh, or let me do better than that, if you're a cornerback at LSU or a wide receiver at Ohio State or Georgia and you decide you want to transfer to Alabama, well, they're going to give you two days to to do that. Furthermore, (laughs) in that time period, uh, you can't go on to another campus to go meet a recruit at his house or the home of anybody that is on the team. So no steering around and going, oh, we're going to my friend's house. They're trying to give the coaches a fighting chance to hold on to the guys on their roster. As, as the rule was before they put the windows in, on a Wednesday afternoon in the middle of October, anybody could decide to transfer, put their name in the portal, and before you knew it, everything was over. This will at least give coaches a fighting chance to retain their rosters, okay? So in exchange, not in exchange, but in addition to that, they want to kick the early sign period back five days. This is going to put it almost right on top of Christmas. So instead of that Wednesday, move it to the following Monday, the third Monday in December. Uh, So they want to change that uh, as well. Again, this makes, uh, if the first two days after the season are the most important recruiting days, you know, then uh, the the next week is going to be, next two weeks is going to be just as important because you're going into the early signing period. They want to give you some more time to do that. So I like the idea of moving the season up. I like the idea of moving the bowl games up. I like the idea of moving more teams into the playoff. I like the idea of having two days to at least have a fighting chance to get your players back on campus on the teams they were the year before that. And I'm fine with, you know, the five days doesn't really make any difference to me. I'll probably be at a Christmas party anyway, but for these coaches, I think it would make a difference. Um, So we spend enough time in the media uh, just chastising the heck out of the NCAA and they almost always deserve it. I think these are all positive moves. I think all of these things would be beneficial to players, schools, and coaches. So, uh, in short, uh, I hope all of this passes. This is, by the way, as Dellinger points out, this is not the first time that um, the week zero open to everybody concept has been discussed. But it is the first time they put it on paper, put it in, you know, this kind of form and said, hey, members, uh, what do you think uh, of this? I want to tell you about uh, a terrific event coming up the uh, Saturday of the Auburn game, October the 1st, uh, benefiting the MS Society. And, you know, um, always happy to help these guys out. Uh, they used to call this bike bash, but they're saying uh, this is bike bash, but uh, without the bikes. They're going to be at Radio Bar on Government Street, 3079 Government Street. 
Um, they're going to have uh, raffle tickets for a ton of uh, autograph merchandise, including some stuff uh, from uh, Tyron Matthew from the Saints. Free pasta lie and keg beer while the supplies last. Uh, but your $25 donation will get you three free raffle tickets, free pasta live, free keg beer. Most importantly, you're going to be helping out the MS Society. For more information or uh, to donate, you can go to mssociety.donordrive.com. But everybody's invited to Radio Bar on Saturday, October the 1st, and it starts at 3. It will last all the way until after the game uh, at 10. I want to talk about a few games uh, this weekend. We've kind of critical of the schedule in the Southeastern Conference this weekend for all the way at the end of September, but I'll try to move past that and talk about the games that uh, I do care about uh, this weekend in the SEC. And there's a, there's a couple for sure. The, the first one that uh, jumps out at me is this Auburn-Missouri game, mostly uh, because Auburn is LSU's next opponent, but also because these are the two SEC coaches that are most on the hot seat. Brian Harzen and Eli Drinkwitz. Harzen would be right at the top of the list. Uh, we had some questions in the postgame show. If Auburn, as a seven-point favorite, were to lose to Missouri, would Brian Harzen still be the coach for LSU? And I gave a very firm, confident-sounding, I don't know, because it could very easily happen, but I don't have any uh, information. Also, T.J. Finley will be out, so uh, Auburn uh, will be down a quarterback. Um, I, I don't think that Eli Drinkwitz would get fired on Sunday. I think if Harzen lost this game, he very well could. And the the game against Penn State was so incredibly damaging. Uh, not that it was the straw that broke the camel's back. We talked about this in the preseason. We thought that Auburn was looking to move on anyway uh, back last January and just couldn't do it contract-wise. But... Um, they got pushed around. And if there's one thing about Auburn over the years that I think we can all agree on, it's that's no soft football team. Oh, you can beat them some years. You got, you know, better uh, skill position people. Uh, you know, you recruit a little bit better. You get you better at quarterback. Uh, LSU and Auburn have had some great games over the years. Not one time did I ever watch LSU and Auburn play and go, that Auburn team wasn't physical. Penn State push them all up and down the field. Couldn't run the football and couldn't stop the run. That is going to be as damaging as anything to Harzen. It's a proud group over there. Think about LSU fans for a second. When the offense isn't uh, isn't clicking, and I'm talking about overall the years, the offense isn't clicking, it's just, well, blame the quarterback, blame the coach, blame the scheme, blame whatever. But when the defense is in a slump, it's just like, Man, they're not tough enough. They're not they're not playing with the kind of physicality that we expect out of an LSU defense. Auburn is uh, the same way. Tennessee at Florida. Florida is the biggest underdog in this series that they have been since before Steve Spurrier was the coach. So you got to go all the way back into the 80s. Tennessee is a 10.5 point uh, choice in this game. Uh, this is a matchup of two... Unbelievably intriguing quarterbacks. I think uh, that Hendon Hooker is probably the third best quarterback in the SEC, which makes him a top probably six or seven quarterback in the country, in my opinion. Not that I think he's a massive uh, professional prospect. I don't expect him to be a first-round draft pick, but I just love his game at this level. 
I love the interception to a touchdown interception ratio, which is now up to 37 to two uh, since I'm sorry, 37 to three since he took over the starting job last year. I love Hendon Hooker's game at the college level. Anthony Richardson's game at the college level can be dynamic, but it can have some of those drastic, drastic swings, which I'll get to in a second. But Richardson is looked at in a lot of circles as a first-round pick. So you've got a tale of these two quarterbacks. Both have been, uh, at times in their careers, spectacular. And Hooker has done it for a, a pretty long period of time, going back to the very beginning of last season. Here's the thing, though. Both of these guys, uh, you could make a case, might struggle. Why? Last year, this was Hendon Hooker's worst game. Uh, he had his lowest quarterback rating except against Vanderbilt, although he didn't turn the ball over. He was 13-23 for 221, and Florida won in the game against Vanderbilt. That was his second worst game. Uh, against Florida, he just couldn't get anything going, and it was uh, you know, a pretty serious loss. Uh, to to Florida uh, again, thirty eight to fourteen. So uh, they won the game against Vandy. Uh, I, I give you the wrong score there. They won the game against Vandy uh, by thirty. Uh, they lost to Florida thirty eight to fourteen. Misread my notes there. And what happened was Hooker just had the the worst game of the season. So it's a different defense. It's a different personnel group uh, over at Florida. It's a different coaching staff. I don't know if that repeats. All I'm telling you is that was Hooker's worst game of the season last year. Anthony Richardson, the concern for Florida fans is that he's been getting worse. Uh, since that opening uh, win against Utah, where he was fantastic, his completions have gone down from 17 to 14 to 10. Yards from 168 to 143 to 112. He didn't get sacked. He didn't throw a pick against Utah. The last two games, he's been picked twice and sacked once. His rushing yards have gone from 106 in the opener to 28 combined the last two. Uh, the QBR against Utah was 95. It's down to 36 for the season. Uh, and if you think that's tough for Florida, understand that they're having a hard time stopping the run on defense. So he's not getting maybe as many reps as you want. Florida averaged 7.2 yards per carry last week and got outrushed by South Florida, for crying out loud. So uh, these two quarterbacks, I, I the hooker game is so far in the past that I hesitated to even bring it up, but I, I thought in the interest of fairness that I would. And Richardson has been going in the wrong direction uh, for the last several weeks. I like, uh, I like Tennessee to win the game. I'm waffling on the points, bro. I'll let you know it picks tomorrow if it uh, if it ends up making our top five. And then Arkansas and AM play in uh, Arlington. This has been a really, really interesting series. The first year AM was in the league, the Aggies beat Arkansas 58 to 10. And they were going to win nine in a row before the Hogs finally got them last year. But the last five years, AM has been av uh, favored by an average of 12 points a game, and they've won four of them by an average of seven, and they lost the other one straight up. So this is usually a closer game than the odds makers think it is. Well, this year it's A&M minus two. So <laughs> I don't know uh, you can get much uh, you know, much closer than that. Arkansas is 3-0, and but they've had to do some hanging on uh, against Missouri State. Had to do some hanging on the first week against Cincinnati. Uh, a lot of Spencer Rattler to get 
uh, off in the game against South Carolina, but they won all three of them. Three and zero is three and zero. And you look across the Hog stats, and you say, well, Arkansas is number two in the league in rush offense. That's really good. They're number one in rush defense. Right off the bat, I figured that this is a powerhouse team. If you're second in the league in running and first in running defense, well, then you you just got to be great. Well, no, they've actually you know kind of struggled a little bit in these games. So you say, well, they can't throw the ball at all. No, KJ Jefferson's been all right. Uh, he's sixth in the league in pass offense. So where's the problem? Pass defense. Dead last in the league by a lot, by almost 80 yards. They're the worst pass defense team in the league. Only problem is A&M hadn't been able to throw it. Uh, Haynes King was just a mess uh, in the first two games of the season. Max Johnson was somewhat better last week, uh, but even he only completed 50% of his passes for 140 yards. Um, This game sets up really well for Arkansas because the one thing they can't defend, A&M can't do. And if you're Jimbo Fisher and you can't go against this by leaps and bounds, worst pass defense in the league and throw the ball effectively, then who are you going to throw it uh, effectively against? So those are the three games in the league that I wanted to talk about. One other one outside of the Southeastern Conference. I was looking at Washington and Stanford. If you watched Washington beat Michigan State and beat them as badly as they did, you couldn't help but notice that Michael Penix was the best player on the field. Penix, a transfer from Indiana, uh, left-handed quarterback, just had a fabulous night. He's off to a tremendous start. So having beaten Michigan State, Washington gets Stanford this week where they are a right at a two-touchdown favorite. And then they play UCLA, who almost lost to South Alabama, and Arizona State that just fired their coach. And Arizona that barely beat North Dakota State, a powerhouse, but a powerhouse at the FCS level. Arizona was also uh, beaten pretty handily by Mississippi State. Cal, Oregon State. Uh, listen, get wrap your head around the idea that Washington could get into November, even deep into November, as an undefeated team. Everybody in the Pac-12 is looking at USC and the glitzy offensive numbers or why, but the Huskies don't play the Trojans in the regular season. They do have to go to Oregon in November, but could be a little bit of a run. Got a better coach, got a better quarterback. See, keep an, keep an eye on UW. Just, and if they get blown out by Stanford uh, this week, then forget I ever told you that. Picks tomorrow and a look at LSU and New Mexico. That's tomorrow's Handicast. This has been the Handicast for third, uh, Wednesday, September the 21st. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.